Hey, all right, this is Tim Crisp, and you're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brendan Kelly. Brendan, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? I'm great, man. Today is the day. Well, today is not the day, but the day that people hear this is the day that our record is out. So, hey, there you go. I hope you guys like it. Amazing. What a day, and what a week to celebrate. What is truly most important here, Brendan has followed me on Twitter. Mm. That is an interesting way to um, uh, see things. Been a long road, <laughs> long road. You're finally here. Yeah, but you know, it's weird because I didn't follow you on Twitter. <laughs> I've seen all this collateral evidence that seems obviously manufactured in some sort of, um, you know, like Belarusian factory or something. That indicates that I have, but I assure you, I have not. Well, Brendan, let's keep let's keep our focus on what's important here. <laughs> Road to the Skeleton Coast, the new Lord's Arms record is out now. We don't need to talk about Twitter. Come on. Yeah, you know what? That is true. Um, here I am, yapping away like it's eight thirty-five. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we should. Uh, yeah, there is. There's a new Lord's Arms record out, and um, you know when. We started doing this podcast. Uh, a big part of the idea, obviously, based on the title, was that it would lead up to this. But, I mean, obviously, we still have a lot more records to go and stuff like that and uh, a lot more to discuss. And we're just kind of, you know, with our Patreon, Better Sandwich. Patreon.com slash Better Sandwich. Patreon.com slash Better Sandwich. You know, now we've, we got all sorts of interviews. that We just posted one with uh, Toby from Red Scare. It's release week. Um, also you got to bring out the big guns. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, we've got Kyle Kinane up there, Dan Andriano, Matt Allison. Um, who else? Uh, Chris number two from Anti-Flag. Um, Tom May. Tom May from the Menzingers. Yeah, it's, it's um, so, you know, we've got, we've got a lot to do. The road, we might have arrived at Skeleton Coast today, but the road continues. And um, that's pretty exciting. And um, I hope all of you like what we do here if you if you do and you want to hear more you could consider subscribing to our patreon um but even if you don't we're just happy to have you we have started a number of new roads as we started this podcast but um we've got plenty of traveling left down the line plenty of new and exciting things to come but seeing as though we started this thing as a build up to a new lawrence arms record We are keeping it a little tight this week, and we just wanted to give you all something to kind of whet the appetite, supplement a little bit for now, but we got Brendan here this week, and I really only brought one question, and that is, what does this record, Skeleton Coast, mean for you right now? So the the record, obviously, like any of our records is like a thematical um, piece, right? And 
It's funny because like I like you know I've been doing interviews and I've, Chris has been doing interviews and I've seen us like trying to nail down what exactly is like the the quick uh like elevator pitch statement about like what is this like concept of this concept record you know and um and I've seen us like kind of like get closer and closer and closer to it um in, with each interview and I think that now it's like this is about an outpost like at the end of the world where you're very isolated with like the, maybe the few survivors that survive but maybe you're kind of dealing with things on your own and you have to find your own happiness in small places where you can, whether that means reveling in your worst impulses or it means love or it means like some sort of beauty, but it's like, you know, or just like howling at the moon to feel kind of alive a little bit. Like that's, that's what this record's about. It's sort of a, it's about a different kind of isolation. Um, and it's about a different kind of, uh, I don't know what the term like you know like Metropole is about like sort of isolation and being on the fringe of society this is on the fringe of the very precipice of time and existence <laughs> right like so so um, I think in that regard maybe uh, it's more um, ambitious but I mean like you know everybody is on the precipice of time and existence at this point anyway because that's just how things go uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that's how they are right now. You know, I've been able to experience this record for the last few months, and I feel very fortunate in that. Um, but also listening to it again last night and thinking more about what we're going to talk about this week and in the weeks ahead, it was really the first time that I was able to kind of put mm -hmm. it, it into a perspective that I think is good for this time, which is the fact that this record has taken me elsewhere during a time when the world seems like it's so locked into a, a lot of very particulars. It's, it's a very, very um, set in stone time in a lot of ways, but this is a record that, made me feel good about being able to go somewhere else in my mind and it, it gave me the the hope and the excitement that down the line this is always going to be a record that takes me elsewhere and it will one day be very detached from the actual time that it's being released that's great to hear you know and the thing is like and this is something I think I've talked about here. I've definitely talked about it in other interviews where it's like, obviously we wrote this record before all the shit went down, you know? And, um, I am not happy that we are living in pandemic times. Uh, I am not happy. Like I, I see no upside to it. Honestly. Um, I, I see no upside. Well, I am actually like, the sort of civil unrest is, yeah, we talked about this last week, but uh, is, is something that's very important and it's long overdue. And so I am fairly happy that that's, that's occurring as much as it is tragic that it has to. Um, what I am thankful for 
is that we happened to write a record that is still relevant as the world like fucking slams into reverse going 90 down the expressway, you know, um, because like, you know, we are an older band and um, there, there's always the uh, there's always the danger of like being like, oh, it's just like this legacy band that's kind of out of touch and like they're like kind of up in space, like, you know, like they, you know, they're kind of what's the, uh, you know, a little boy playing with his own shit in the woods or whatever, you know, <laughs> from uh, Tropic Thunder, a movie that absolutely holds up. Um, and, and, uh, and, and like, so, you know, we could have written a record that was about any number of things, you know, like a throwback to the old days or, you know, like, gosh, getting old and how am I going to settle into domesticity or like what, like, you know, there's a million things that we could have written about. And instead we were like, so end of the world, like we are the fucking wild dogs and fucking loner whales, um, roaming the earth at the very end of it. Let's do that. And then it's like, whew, I'm glad we picked that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not because I like where the world's at now, but because it would have just been so easy for this to have been just the biggest fucking L for us <laughs> if we had done something else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think that like you and and I, and like, I had this, um, I had a similar conversation when I talked to Chris and we had it when we talked to Matt Allison too, but I, I feel like, the development developments of this year have really grown into this record as opposed to you wrote a record that's about this time right you did something that just so happened to very quickly become even more prescient than it already was well, it's like that Twilight Zone episode with the the, the the typewriter. The journalist gets the typewriter, and whatever he types, it happens the next day. So he's oh, always got okay. the scoop on everything, you know? So he's like, Titanic sinks. <laughs> you know, and at first he's just fucking stoked because he's like, you know, killing it in the journalism game. And then he's like, what, what am I doing? I'm a fucking horseman of the apocalypse. And... uh well, there are har- there are horsemen on this record. Yes, yes. The 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 horsemen of the apocalypse come in very early on, and I guess it turns like out chapter one the horseman appears. Yeah, I think they were us. I think that's what, I think that's what it was. We wrote this record that the world ended. So there you go. Um, so that's good. You should have uh, seen that coming. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> this has all just been a death cult the entire time. Yeah, it's just like first we're like, yeah, no, no. The, Someday there will be an entire subgenre of punk rock that sounds like this. I know you. I know it doesn't make any sense now, and then boom, came true, and now the end of the world. I mean, that that, those are the two steps, right? That's how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, doing Old Calcutta and letting that be the blueprint for the next seven years of punk was not enough. You figured, come and make another blueprint for the. You know, year and a half that we have left them. <laughs> uh, it, it, it goes from a year and a half to forever very quickly. <laughs> I, I think that one of the things that has been 
giving me a lot of hope and optimism and joy and also it's still keeping me grounded at the same time is the fact that I am listening to this record and I'm knowing that at some point as hard as it might seem to imagine that this is a record that is going to exist itself it's not going to be forever tied to this time yeah that's uh that's interesting. And I mean, like, I think that the thing about that, that where, again, we lucked out uh, is that we wrote it not about this time. So it's like, that's a sort of a more universal, less very specific malaise that we're like deconstructing there or, you know, like what, I don't even know what you call it. Restless, restless malaise. Um, uh, absolute scavenging for the things the moments you like you know what i mean for the things that bring you a little bit of joy because i think there's a lot of joy in here but it's like it's all like very scrappy i mean it's like about wolves and foxes whales and you know wild dogs and shit and it's like those things have a hard hard life and they live like on the fringes of like even like woodland society you know what i mean like or or whatever you want to say like you know it's like Think about whales. It's like they're they're just too big. They have no friends. They're just like, <laughs> like they're talking to somebody that's like literally ten thousand miles away, and they're like, you know, and what, like what are they saying? I mean, I I don't I don't know. I'm a no big city marine biologist, but uh, I bet it's like yo, <laughs> and then the other whale's like yo. I don't think it's like. Did you catch that curve your enthusiasm last week? I like I, I don't think they're talking about that kind of thing. You know, so it's just like kind of like, I exist. I hear you. You know, and it's like, you know, like sort of like some real I think therefore I am shit. And and that's like what wolves are doing when they're howling at the moon and all that kind of stuff, you know? And it's just like sort of this like uh weird lonely clarion call to being alive right and in order for to do that it's like every once in a while you fucking bring your little fucking foxtail up to the fucking porch and you try to root through the cooler and get like a package of fucking string cheese or something (laughs) there you go that's your joy you know and it's like it's about finding those little joys whether they are like um as simple as like screaming at the moon and being like i exist i'm alive you know, and somebody's going to hear me, whether I, they like it or not, or um, absolutely doing something that's like as potentially self-destructive as sneaking in and stealing all the string cheese from a human family when you're a small fox that could very easily be destroyed. You know, um, it, it, the impulses of trying to find your happiness where you can at the end of the world are it's a, it's a broad spectrum. Right. And that's sort of what I think the record is about. I, um, I think that we're like, I don't know. There's the whole Don DeLillo waves and radiation sort of shit that I think is happening underneath for, or has been happening underneath for all of us now for some time. And we have, we have a sense of connection, um, you know, as, listeners of the Lawrence Arms and people who have been uh, following you through different musical paths and other forms of expression where we've 
gotten onto a level with you where I think that what what you are citing in this record, what you are saying about this record is something that we have all been feeling in certain like waves underneath the you know entire stretch of time that you know we've spent with your band and i think that we all sort of were up to the same point together and you all put it into these terms and now we get it now we get like that filtration and we're yeah i'm feeling very very tied to all of those uh lonely creatures out there just searching for those little moments and it's um there are a lot of little moments of joy that i get listening to this record that everybody else is going to get to experience today tomorrow and forever on of these songs that all of a sudden are just like staking their claim to um the pantheon of fucking tracks that you've already stacked up it's like it's not even that this is like good for a Lawrence Arms record it's like oh shit here's my favorite fucking Brendan vocal performance possibly ever and I'm not going to spoil any of that shit for anyone here because I think that we all, you all should get the joy of experiencing this record for yourself and taking in those moments of those first listens because I know I'm going to remember so many of them for the rest of my life. Oh, man. That's, that's all. I mean, you know, it's like it's become like sort of like a tired chorus, like on this show and in like interviews I do and stuff like that and interviews that Chris does too and interviews that Neil does too, for that matter. Where it's like, if we didn't think that we could do something that was fucking worth a shit, we just wouldn't do it. And to take the time to do it the way we think is valid and valuable and sounds interesting in the small little universe that we occupy, like, you know, we're obviously not doing anything like fucking groundbreaking or anything like that but you know to like push the sound push the ideas push the ethos the pathos of like what the lawrence arms has become as like sort of like a ethereal thing um it just its own little way and to see it like resonate with people that's like why we do it i mean that's the thing you know it's like i said last week when I was a kid, I was so touched by certain songs that I was like, I need to do this for my life. And I got in a van and I rode in it for 30 years, uh, <laughs> you know, going around trying to make music. So it's not lost on me how significant some of those connections can be. And um, it's also not lost on me that fucking it's not only have we been a band for a long time and it's highly unusual for us to be able to crank out a good album but it's also just been like six years since our last record that in itself could be potentially enough of a reason why this could fucking uh be toned deaf or fall flat you know and and then the world also completely changed so um 
I, I appreciate your kind words is what I'm trying to say. And like, it's not lost on me that we're very lucky to have been able to be part of creating this. And, um, and you know, I got the two best band mates in the world and, you know, all our crew and everybody involved with it. It's like, yeah, I mean, fucking no wonder we're doing something special. Those guys are the best. You know, I'm just glad I can be along for the ride, really. Totally. Yeah, it's definitely not lost on anyone listening to take in the um, the amount of time that's passed between this one and Metropole, the amount of time that's passed between Metropole and Oak Calcutta. I, I can't think of many who are able to pull that off and even less in a genre like punk rock. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if Dillinger four put out a new record, it would probably be pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's like you two are the, the exception. Yeah. I think the thing is that like, this is such a fucking weird thing to say. Um, and I, it's kind of like, um, you know, like if somebody's like, you know, who you look like, and you're like, what? I do not look like that person at all. And they're like, why? Who do you think you look like? And you like say something and they're like, you, you, think, you think you look like Scott Bale? No, I can assure you, you do not. You know, <laughs> whatever the fuck it is. Um, so like, um, this is a bit of me like stepping outside and trying to like perceive the Lawrence arms from outside. And at least because I'm wrapping Dillinger four in this, um, uh, maybe I won't look like such a dildo for saying this. Uh, but, but, uh, um, I think we were both, we're two bands that to the great, great, um, complete backwards ass polar opposite of almost any other like aggressive punk band or whatever. We're two bands that were supposed to be old. Like it, it, it just like when we were young and we did greatest story ever told people were like, who are these fucking kids trying to tell me what the fucking, you know, the paintings to look at and books to read and all this shit. Listen to this bullshit, you know? And then it's like, we got to be old. And all of a sudden it was like, Oh yeah, these guys, they, you know, they, they, they fucking, maybe, maybe they're worth listening to. They, maybe, they, you know, maybe they know a thing or two from a time that, you know, from before our time or whatever, you know? And like the name, the Lawrence arms sounds like older. I mean, it's just like everything about it. It was like, we were made to be a band of older dudes, like the, even the style of music, everything, the, definitely the, the, the level of discourse, because it's like, when we're young, it's like, yeah, what? Uh, you know, there's no match for consciously stuffing your dick in from Kevin Costner's casino. That just sounds like a puerile thing that, like, any fucking 20-something would say. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, and look, did you go to sociology class? You know, <laughs> right? Like, <clears throat> so it's, I think it's very easy to dismiss like that. Like, wh whereas now it's like we can like sort of like wax philosophical and then dip down into sort of like the more dick joke territory. And it's like, Oh, these guys are like, look, man, they kept the sense of humor about this whole thing, even as they grow like bitter and jaded. And, and which is, 
and I think Dillinger 4 is very much the same way. It's like, I mean, Dillinger 4 has got like a very visceral thing going on that is maybe a little more um, equally at home in youth and age, but they're made to be an old band too. I think that what I see as a common thread between you two bands is that you're both Midwestern and you're also, um, there's a sense of working class that has remained in the absolute like bones of both of you. The fact that like, you know, Patty's, Patty's songs are so great and smart because he's a great songwriter, but he's also a bartender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, but you know, like he's also fucking singing about like Nelson Algren, who, mm-hmm. which is like, and this is like the total like fucking Ouroboros or whatever. The snake eating its own tail is like, who's a, like, that's a very highbrow reference coming from Patty, but Nelson Algren also Chicago writer, I believe also a bartender, mm-hmm. um, like this great Chicago writer completely like maligned in his time for being like this, like sort of pulpy, uh, you know, shock jock almost um, mm-hmm. of books. Yeah. He's the guy that created the phrase monkey on my back to describe an addiction. Mm-hmm. Walk on the Wild Side, he actually hates the Velvet Underground for stealing that from him. He wrote The Man with the Golden Arm. You know, he's a Chicago guy. And, like, but he was just, like, this, like, pulp fiction writer um, from back before when that didn't just meet a movie with John Travolta. Uh, like, <laughs> like, pulp novels. Uh, and and kind of, like, not respected for a long time. And then became highly respected as an elect as an intellectual, but he like worked in like meat pack and plants and he was a bartender and stuff. And then you get Patty who comes along and he's like Nelson Algren quote here in the, in this fucking Dillinger four song. And it's like, well, that's very fancy and highfalutin, you know? And it's like, it's just like, it's the weirdest fucking thing of like, uh, you know, great artists like Patty and Algren that are like, you know, also like, yeah, or Bukowski. I mean, people that are just like steeped in a working class reality um and and get influence from each other and it's like with every passing generation it becomes like ooh, they were very fancy and good you know and you Mm -hmm. are just like kind of like a half-stepping bartender or whatever um i have to say that i like as much as like i think i feel like my heart's in the right place it's like i because of slapstick i've been lucky enough that like i didn't have to get a real job until i was like 30 Mm-hmm. You know, like when my when when my kid was born, um, I am uh, like, and you know, I, I I just like I grew up like touring all the time, which I guess is in its way is like a working class thing, but it's more like, um, starving artist style than like working class. I like, it just would be disingenuous of me to like let that get like lumped in without being mm-hmm. like, eh. you know, I've been man, drank beer in a van for. 25 years that's my uh that's my resume i've been thinking about that aspect of it too and there's something that you said um where you mentioned like being spiritually aligned with the replacements being the replacements without even really knowing that until kind of after Mm -hmm. the fact 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um I think that while you do have this experience of being a touring musician for so long, you have been so on the ground in Chicago since, oh, yeah. since the very beginning. And to me, where where the replacements become the replacements and where they become a representation of a place like Minneapolis to the extent that we look at other cities and we say like, yeah, that band is, uh, is Los Angeles' version. Buffalo. Right. Right. That would be the Goo Goo Dolls, by the way. Yes. They're the replacements of Buffalo. Yeah. Very good call. <laughs> the, um, you have only ever tried to be the Lawrence Arms of Chicago. And I think by doing that, you staked a claim to the replacements of Chicago. But I have reached a point where I'm kind of looking out to other cities and I'm saying, yeah, well, name your city's Lawrence Arms. Oh, man, that's that's cool because, like, you know, this city is such a big part of our identity. And even now, as, like, we, you know, I, I did an interview with, uh, with a, a bloke from across the pond um, the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, is like, well, lyrically, this one's really different. You know, I'm used to the Lawrence Arms being all about um, fucking, you know, like, calling city streets by names and, like, neighborhood parks by names and shit like that. And, and, you know, like, there's not a lot of that, like, local um, specificity um, on this record. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, man, at the end of the world, (laughs) we're all living in the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's earth. It's like, (laughs) like, like, uh, yeah, I live on the outskirts of Earth at this point. Um, <laughs> fucking... I feel like I feel like if you if you laid out the, the map of Skeleton Coast and then you put down the uh, map of Chicago as it's been laid out by the Lawrence Arms, you put that you put that map uh, of Skeleton Coast on like one of those like clear uh, laminate things that you put over you the other part of the projector. It, it fucking it's That's right actually there. A... That's a cool, cool project. I, I, you know, because like, uh, because like we are still like complete nerds about this kind of thing. And like, you know, like, I mean, I think it's very obvious that we like love music. We love creating things. We love this universe building so much, you know, and with something like the Skeleton Coast, where it is like such a fucking insular universe, like full of like very, a lot of very weird characters right like mm-hmm. it's it's almost got like a play kind of vibe to it like you know like mm-hmm. between like um just to use three songs right in a row well to use four songs right in a row like the spy of pigeons and spies into the um sort of uh the I don't know what you want to say, failed artist or like unappreciated artist of last, last words mm-hmm. into the fucking, the demon, like the self-flagellating, like pervert in demon. Um, that's the one with the guitar solo, Tim. I see you furrowing your brow. <laughs> um, 
into like the ghost rider like sort of like weird secret agent and like the fucking uh the other secret agent in um dead man's coat um you, you know or the guy that lives inside a whale and belly of the whale it's like it's like the it's like a play of like bizarre characters right and yeah. um and so I was like writing to Chris the other night. I'm like, these are the people that live in the Skeleton Coast. And I just like listed everybody, you know, in this email. And I was like, I don't know if this would be something fun we could do, like like do like tarot cards or something. Uh-huh. You know, like as part like a like sort of like a merch gig or whatever. But I like the idea of like mapping it out in relevance to Chicago as well. I or in relation to Chicago, I guess is a better syntax. Uh I don't know if i can i think besides the actual phrase skeleton coast are there are there a lot of like geographic like vague geographic references on this record i'm not Mm, sure there's a lot there's a lot of characters Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing that i find to be really curious about this one well it's like it's it's very it's very like uh what's sorry i'm talking too much no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just trying to like apply the uh, the conversation that you and Toby had on Patreon that I kind of had to walk out of the room on when you're talking about fucking Dungeons and Dragons and uh, all of the fucking different races and Tolkien and shit. And I was just like, I, I'm yeah, I, I, I love take a walk I love for a second, but you could tell me like the you could parse the differences between like six different like backyard wrestling co- clubs in fucking the Midwest from 1999, and Dungeons and Dragons is somehow too nerdy for you, <laughs> you know? Like, oh, uh, like yeah, this this one where this guy, oh, look at this guy, he's a monster. He's he, he's a monster in panties, uh, and he he jumps and then he staples people, and the guy he's stapling is a hillbilly. That's his thing, and 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 yet. And yet, a role-playing game meant to keep nerds out of the sewers. It's too much for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I know that I have said that I'm better, but I didn't. <laughs> I, didn't <laughs> I didn't mean it to be put to any sort of litmus test. <laughs> yeah, right. I <laughs> when I said you're bad and I'm good, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that to be held up to any scrutiny. Uh, <laughs> It's such a good response. It is absolutely going like right in my fucking lexicon right now. Like my friend got busted by his dad. He was like doing a website called like dicktrick.com where he was like the wristwatch, the book uh-huh. carries, you know, and then like his dad's super religious and was like, Is this you on this website? <laughs> you know? And he was like, yeah, it is. I wish you hadn't seen that, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know what to say. And I was like, man, when you're busted, that is the only way to respond. You yeah. know, like, like I, and, and I've, I've used it ever since he said it that one time. And I don't even think he probably remembers saying it <laughs> to the point where I bet he thinks that he's heard that from me for the first time, you know? Yeah. Because it's like always, you know, it's like, what are you just coming to bed? Yeah, no, I, I wish you hadn't woken up right now, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I have no excuse. It's, yeah. it's fucking when um, Jerry Seinfeld is is dating the uh, the woman who likes the Cotton Dockers commercial. 
and George comes in and they haven't, he hasn't met this woman before. And he says, Oh, you're the one who likes that commercial. And she says to Jerry, you had to tell your friends about this. And he's like, I did have to tell my friends. My friends didn't have to tell you about this. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. It's great. It's, I wonder because like you see Seinfeld now and he's just like such a dour fucking scold. Uh, and then he's like, and I'm just doing my stuff from, you know, 20 years ago. This is my first ever stand-up routine. He's like, so what's up with Uber? And it's like, uh, <laughs> you know what? I don't think that was around then. Um, so I think you're kind of full of shit. And then like you see his new special and the only line I know is like, so phones are getting smarter. Why aren't we? <laughs> And it's like, waka, 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 Fozzie Bear. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, that is, like, holy shit. But I guess my point is, um, as I malign Seinfeld, I mean, which I don't give a fuck, fuck Seinfeld, but, like, uh, he put out, like, just, like, the greatest show for the time. And to, like, mm-hmm. live through that and, like, see TV, like, change as a result of this, like, insane just paradigm shift of what, like, a show could be. Yeah, you, you know, it, it was like, so like when you say that, like you recite that line, I don't know if there's like, you know, Zoomers out there listening to this that are like, that's not funny, but it's like, oh no, no, that's so funny. It, it's so fucking funny, and it's like when my dad like laughs at the Three Stooges or Mr. Bean, and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me! Like, <laughs> this, this is like, what a bunch of like weird like grew up in the shadow of a nuclear meltdown fallout <laughs> weird stunted little fingered men committing like sociopathic atrocities on one another it's not really that funny to me <laughs> like i don't know and then they're like well actually curly was a big hit with the ladies and it's like ah <laughs> <laughs> that says more about the ladies than it does about curly man uh that, that's fucked up that's weird well um, i I mean, I think that it's tying this all back. It is a pretty funny conversation to be having about your band when I feel like the history of the Lawrence Arms to me in a lot of ways is the history of people catching up to what the Lawrence Arms are doing. And I think that one of the strengths that your band has had and has taken into this phase that you're in now is the fact that you have not done any of the things that um, a lot of other bands, most other bands, pretty much every other band has done (laughs) to keep themselves just there so that they can be there. And now you're making you're you're taking your time but what you're making is still something that is not only relevant but is ahead of being relevant i appreciate that i mean like um i don't it's very hard to say something like this without sounding like i'm like pumping my own tires or whatever but it's like i've done like a couple of interviews where people are like so this is your best record. What the fuck? <laughs> you know? And like, uh, and it's too, it's too close to me. I can't, I can't say, but like, honestly, that doesn't sound totally wrong to me. 
The only reason it sounds wrong to me is that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like right. like we're supposed to be past our 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 best record time and like and we're supposed to be deluded old men who like put out like a retread of what we did before and go actually this is our best stuff yet and so like when i hear that i'm like uh oh like you know it's like i Uh i think i'm doing a podcast with tim right now but maybe i'm just like in the mental institution sitting in a very nice (laughs) beanbag chair going you know like like the reality of it is very hard to, to see from my side but like i don't know it doesn't sound wrong to me and it's like if I if I take myself out of the whole thing and just listen to Chris and Neil on this record, mm-hmm. I'm like, that is fucking right up there yep. with like the coolest coolest shit we've ever done. Those guys have ever done, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, so I don't know, I don't know. I like, uh, I, I really hope you guys like it. But if you if you don't, um, yeah, there's plenty of other shit out there. <laughs> I guess it's fine. There is plenty of other shit out there, and if you don't like it, sure. But I have a hard time seeing um, why, uh, <laughs> and and I guess that I guess that my point is that if if it is, I'm not seeing it as a problem on Lawrence Arms' end, and that's not to like, I don't know, that's not to like throw jabs out. I'm I'm just saying that this is like consistently in line and it also, it is that surprise of, and I had this, I still am having this experience of listening to it and just being like, fuck, this really is that good. This really is like that. It does, it does stack up. It's not a, it's not a downshift. And that's, it's like when you find a fucking deal on something and say you're in a record store and you see something that's you know it's eight bucks and it should be 85 and you're just like Uh looking around like no wait hold up this can't be and you're kind of just like maybe talking yourself out of it because it can't be right right right. you're like you're like there's no way this is actually the bad religion demos with fucking (laughs) it's just greg and the keyboards you know (laughs) Which, by the way, uh, if you've never seen those, Google them. They're the best. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. But go on. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your analogy. No, I, I think it's it's like you 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 see something and, and your thought uh, or your initial reactions to it are, yeah, I think that this is how I feel. Um, it's kind of hard to know whether or not that's right, but I'm just going to sit here and sort of let myself be proven wrong in my feeling because right but i but like i don't see i don't see that coming i i only see like a uh a further validation of that feeling yeah i mean dude i'm really i'm really happy with this record the uh one of the most interesting things about it to me was that when they picked the singles i think that we were all like those are the singles <laughs> like we thought we were thinking of completely different songs uh mm-hmm. you know and like um i talked to uh lane from um d4 one time went back when 
before um, Interpunk became just like some sort of like weird opioid front or whatever the fuck it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There's been a lot of lawsuits about that. The FBI came to fucking visit Toby and, uh, but they found me instead. And uh, (laughs) I have the FBI card in my wallet still to this day. Um, So I don't know. I mean, you know, I hope I hope they've cleaned up their act and it's cool. But I mean, it's not like I'm talking out of school to say that. Like that's mm-hmm. what happened, and the FBI was involved, mm-hmm. and they pulled me into it. So I feel comfortable being like, "Yeah, that was an opioid front for a second. Um, but <laughs> but back in the day, um, you know, they would have like a thing where you just like rank your favorite songs on the record. And Lane was just like, "I go there, and if every single song has some votes, we've made a good record." Yeah. You know, I've told you, Tim, that I'm, like, so, like, easily influenced and manipulated and, like, I just cling to things Mm -hmm. so hard. I was like, yeah, that's it. That's what makes a good record. If somebody could have their favorite be any song on the record, then Mm -hmm. boom. And, you know, so when Epitaph picked three songs for, like, early release and we were like, oh, we're okay yeah no uh those are songs we were thinking at all but that makes like six songs <laughs> you yeah. know like and uh it, you know that kind of thing is like it's like validating and cool um the uh i i am just frankly very surprised that belly of the whale song to me seems like such an obvious single um mm-hmm. it's like the it's you guys now you guys know it very well right because it came out (laughs) today um it it's like uh it's the third track on the record and and, you know it's just like kind of like duh Mm -hmm. like we'd like the much more aggressive sad song that's immediately before it (laughs) you know it's like okay i don't know i don't know i mean i'm telling epitaph how to sell records that's pretty bad you know it's stupid i was like nope you guys know you're right i'm wrong i don't know yep i have cited both of those as the top of my list and the top of my list has continued to evolve since i heard it and i think that i still have um i think that i still have favorites that are yet to be discovered so yeah yeah, I think I think that we we thought that the singles would have been like Belly of the Whale and Ghost Rider, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like there's such that like hook in Ghost Rider of like this sort of falsetto howl. Yeah, you know, and I think like Don't Look at Me was something that we thought about for a while. Um, I thought Dead Man's Coat would have been a fucking good single. Yeah. I I mean, dude, so by the time you by the time this is out, you'll be able to see the video for um Quiet Storm, which comes out on Friday. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I'm gonna show you something here because I want them to hear you react to it. So this is the yes. painting. I I pitched the treatment of Quiet Storm, the video, to uh-huh. the label, and they decided that it was good. They they signed off on it. And it was only so I could eventually someday have this painting 
which I hope you can really see. <laughs> You're familiar with that happy little character in in that painting, I assume. I am. I am old enough to have uh some connection to the original and plenty old enough to have connection to the culture that followed it. But but you notice that this is Neil. Like you <laughs> That's the main thing. But beyond like the heavy metal magazine shit, which was like I was like heavy metal magazine, I was like surrounded by eagles, sword overhead, totally muscle bound, Neil Hennessy, so getting struck by lightning, um, you know, on a craggy peak with a color scheme that's reminiscent of the Ride the Lightning uh album cover, right? You know, and and that's not exactly what happened there but they kind of like went with a more like uh conan theatrical release 1976 kind of version which i kind of hear for that too uh <laughs> but dude it's so it's neil hennessy as a and it and it's it's fucked up because at first i wanted it to be like so the video you'll you'll have seen it by by now. Um, the original pitch was that he would end up in an abandoned museum. He's he's walking through L.A. and it's it's just him. He's completely isolated. Well, the original pitch was that he'd end up in a museum, and he would see image after image on the wall. It would be like you know American Gothic, but it's his face instead of like but <laughs> both of their faces. And then you know it would go on. It would be like Van Gogh self portrait, but it's Neil instead of Van Gogh. <laughs> You know, and, and 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 then the end, I was like, and it's like the, the famous picture of George Washington and Chris wisely was like, yo, let's steer away from George Washington right now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a very good call. I just was thinking of it as like an iconic thing, you know, but yeah, yeah you're totally right. And I was like, well, I have an alternative. How about standing on a craggy peak, uh, muscle-bound barbarian holding a sword aloft that's being struck by lightning, surrounded by eagles, and it's Neil. Um, <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, that's better anyway. <laughs> you know? and, so, and so the video didn't obviously turn out that way um, because museums closed again in, mm. in L.A. And I don't think it was like, well, we're closed, but... For you, scrappy punk rock video <laughs> videographers, <laughs> come on inside. You know, so the video turned out very different, but um, I was kind of like, the whole reason I want this is because I want to have this painting of Neil. And now I've, I've offered to buy it. I know it's just like a digital rendering, but I, I want it anyway. can go... Right above your bed, large like um, like Dick Halloran's uh portrait that's behind him in The Shining when he's 
watching TV and there's that slow zoom out of that uh, mm-hmm. naked woman with an afro, you can have that. I'm sure that That's your wife will, would so love great. nothing more. <laughs> I, I also love like the weird perversion of that in uh, Royal Tenenbaums when it's just like all those like pervy paintings that are just like, <laughs> but they're just like drugs instead of like, I mean, they're identity paintings, right? That's what it is. It's the right. exact same thing. So uh-huh. it's like, it's like where, where Dick Halloran, his, uh, his identity is like sort of like his isolated blackness and of like crazy like white universe where he's like mm-hmm. clinging to the idea of like his like goddess or whatever and his own sexuality even mm-hmm. as something that's like in the times like particularly like very perverted and uh, like exploited and sensationalized mm-hmm. and you know he like maintains just like a quiet dignity under that painting and it's like you know what this doesn't have to be like that motherfucker right and then mm-hmm. you've got fucking You've got Eli Cash in his house, and it's just like this, like drugged out peyote, like fucking scene of people like destroying a convenience store or whatever behind him, <laughs> and it's like the same thing. And, and Wes Anderson's too smart for it not to be a parallel, you know. <laughs> but but it's like it's, it's just so great. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say? Uh, sorry, I'm uh, a mescaline. Uh, I'm gonna go. Dude, that's like the most Matt Skiba fucking moment of any movie of all time. Lisa, <laughs> I'm gonna go. <laughs> well, Ooh. Skeleton Coast is out now. You can stream it, but you should also buy it from mm-hmm. the link that we have in our episode notes. You should always buy records, and um, this is one that you're gonna be thankful that you have. And and the packaging is really really cool too. Um, it's like a really nice matte finish, and mm. I don't know, it's just really nice to touch. I don't know if that like means much to people, but like for me, I have like a sort of like tactile uh, disorder, and like certain things I can't touch, and other things I really enjoy touching a lot. And mm-hmm. this record feels really good on my fingers. So I can't wait for one day to see you again in person and let you uh hold my record and sign it from your twitter follower at bad sandwich yeah you know someday maybe that'll be true uh by, by that by that point i understand um how exciting that must be to consider um <laughs> everyone um, go out and listen to skeleton coast Tell your friends, bump it. Tell everybody out there what you're liking about it, how excited you are, how much this band means to you right now, and what this band has done for you to understand the times that we're in and to have radicalized you tell them all that shit get on it now god damn it what are you fucking doing even still listening to this get out there and talk about a fucking whip ass we are or what the fuck um also um bears mentioning i think and not to cut you off tim but um uh next week we'll come back and we'll talk about this more track by track but it seemed kind of fucking stupid to do it today when most of you guys and all y'all don't know the songs yet so we just thought that we would we would give it a second but um you know 
so like that we will be delving into this record next week but um we'll give everybody yeah. a little bit of time give uh get everybody's juices going um find out what questions that you have Brandon Kelly podcast at gmail.com and we we will continue to analyze this record and to learn more about it and to now at this point it's out there and we've walked through so many of the processes of putting it out now it exists and now it exists for everybody and we're going to be able to kind of talk about it as it is now really a fully formed piece of art that can be interacted with and it can be as as you've said a number of times brendan like it can be really like fully taken in because the world is interacting with it that's what makes it Mm -hmm. that's that's the that's the last ingredient you know what i mean it's like the you work at the factory that makes those pills or like those little yeah those little pills that are like dinosaur sponges inside You've made that, mm-hmm. but until that kid puts them in the sink, they're not like the whole thing that they're supposed to be, which is this shitty little two-inch dinosaur sponge that will never be fucking paid attention to again. Uh, <laughs> you know? And, Where'd you get five and, bucks? I want five bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, it was such an uncharacteristic Lisa line. Um, but anyway... Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I can't. I thank you guys for listening to this. Thank you guys for listening to the record. I hope you really enjoy both. And um, you know, we'll come back next week and we'll talk a little bit more about the specifics behind this record. But uh, Killer Great couldn't do it without you. Um, you are the hose that sprays onto the dinosaur pill that is our album. <laughs> Glad it was that hose that you were referring. <laughs> We'll you are the hose I like <laughs> you know what I mean you are the hose and the bros <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash better sandwich go listen to Skeleton Coast we'll be back next week thanks Bubba see you guys